there and a very warm welcome as every Friday to Bergos Now. Well, our bank's slogan is sometimes other things, but mostly beyond money. And I find it quite amusing that this week we're going to look at money in the truest sense. It's about currencies. And our expert for currencies is joining me today from Hamburg. It's senior economist of the Berenberg Group, Dr. Jörn Quitzer. Jörn, it's so good to see you. Hi. Hi, Aurelia. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. You, it's the first time you're joining us, so I'm particularly delighted to have you. And um, for everybody who follows other formats of ours, we just published our Reflections, which is our quarterly magazine. And of course, currencies is a very stable component of that magazine. And it's a highly interesting topic, which for some reason we have never really had in this podcast. So I'm glad that today we get a chance to talk about money, money, money. Let me just start this really broadly by asking... Yeah, and why should we care about currencies? Yeah, that is a good, good question because um, we don't have to care about ethics uh, markets in regular life, but in fact, it is uh, yeah very important for both for financial markets, for financial investments, and uh, for companies uh, because they uh, do have to calculate their import costs and uh, their export prices. Um, with uh, the uh, with the exchange rates, and uh, even for normal people, um, exchange rates uh, have an impact um, if they want to make vacation um, uh, abroad. So um, there are a couple of good reasons why we should talk about uh, exchange rates. Okay, well then let's dive right in, and let me ask you even more broadly, maybe what's going on on the exchange market. Yeah, the main story um, markets are discussing about is uh, the the comeback of the euro. Uh, we saw a very, very low uh, exchange rate last year, um, below parity to the Swiss franc and uh, to the US dollar in particular. And uh, since um, September, October, um, the, the euro has... Uh, Yeah, appreciated quite a lot, and uh, we are now at uh, 1.10 or around 1.10, and uh, yeah, that's a, a good comeback for the euro. If you're saying comeback, that suggests somehow that it wasn't so strong at some point. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, I think um, my first answer will be a bit longer because I have to tell you where we <laughs> where we do come from, and. Uh, The last year was a very unusual year, um, not only for the for the economy, but also for the ethics markets. Um, the war in Ukraine and uh, the related energy crisis um, in Europe uh, massively shifted um, the attractiveness uh, of the two continents. Um, the U.S. was very attractive as a safe haven for capital and uh, Yeah, in, in Europe, the situation was uh, different and it was uh, really confusing um, because we had uh, difficult questions. How would Europe uh, get through the winter? Um, will we run out of gas? Um, will there be power shortages or even blackouts? Yeah. And uh, yeah, this uh, led to the question, to the final question, um, will there be interruptions in production? Um, while the US economy held up uh, quite uh, robustly, um, despite high inflation and despite uh, rising interest rates, um, because the U.S. had no energy crisis in contrast to the Eurozone, um, 
yeah, the worst uh, had to be expected for Europe, for the Eurozone, um, at least in the risk scenario. And uh, yeah, by the way, uh, in, in, in Germany, um, we had uh, recommendations uh, from uh, official um, yeah, from official bodies to get an emergency kit. And I remember that I stayed in, in the US, uh, in Washington, D.C. at the end of September and the beginning of October. And uh, yeah, I ordered, uh, as uh, the official bodies uh, re recommended, um, uh, uh, a camping stove online in order to have one when I uh, return to Germany. Yeah? So um, <laughs> fortunately, uh, it is still wrapped uh, in our basement. Yeah. And apart from uh, the short-term aspects, um, there is uh, one longer-term aspect. Uh, with the outbreak of the war, um, Europe has, has lost um, the so-called peace dividend, yeah? with the effect that national defense spending um, is on the rise, uh, which is bad for the growth potential of uh, Europe. And uh, yeah, in the long run, it is bad for the exchange rate. Um, last but not least, the Fed has raised interest rates faster and more decisively than the ECB has done um, uh, yeah. with respect to the uh, rising inflation rates. And in summary, um, everything actually spoke for the US dollar in the fall of uh, 2022 and hardly anything spoke for the euro mm -hmm. but now that has somehow changed right because we're really looking at a different picture at the moment yeah and this uh, answer is a bit shorter than my uh, first answer um there are especially two aspects uh, that uh, brought the turnaround the first one is uh, monetary policy the ecb um, did initiate the turnaround in interest rates at some point, and it also um, gradually declared in a credible manner um, that it would uh, pursue a tighter monetary policy, policy until inflation had fallen back to the desired level. Mm -hmm. The second uh, aspect is um, that it did not come to an emergency in the Eurozone economy. And... Uh, yeah, the economy got through the winter um, quite smoothly, and thus the risk was gradually uh, priced out of the exchange rate euro um, US dollar. Mm -hmm. And yeah, finally, um, people and market players um, got a little bit used to the war so that uh, the dollar was not quite as much in demand as a safe haven anymore. And uh, that are the most important reasons in my view. Jan, may I ask a follow-up question, though, please? Because especially with eyes on the euro and dollar situation, um, of course, we've been dealing with a lot of crises in the banking sector itself at the moment. If we're looking at that factor, does that influence the US dollar specifically and I guess the euro as well? Yes, uh, it does or it did. Um, the Fed and other central banks uh, now has to um, ensure price stability and financial stability at the same time. Mm -hmm. And uh, it will therefore probably tighten monetary policy less than it would have done in the absence of the uh, problems in the banking sector. Um, this expectation that the Fed wouldn't react as, uh, as strong as it uh, yeah, intended to do um, 
was very quickly priced in in market uh, in markets and uh, on the other hand the ecb seems not uh, to be um, very impressed by the banking crisis so um, there there is a the interest rate difference uh, is narrowing the in, the expected inf interest rate difference is uh, narrowing and uh, that's an argument for the euro and against the us dollar mm -hmm. And may I now maybe turn homewards, so to say, because I'm, of course, wondering also about the Swiss franc and how that's doing in all of this. Yeah, um, there is one, there is one or there is a major argument why the Swiss franc is much stronger than the US dollar. Um, both currencies are the traditional safe havens, um, but uh, why the... Um, Uh, US dollar lost uh, its attractiveness. Um, the uh, Swiss franc is still um, in high demand. And in my view, the main aspect is that the uh, Swiss National Bank um, changed its uh, approach or its attitude to a strong currency. Mm -hmm. um, it uses the strong, the strong franc uh, to keep inflation low. And uh, the SNB is doing so very successfully. Um, compared to other countries, uh, inflation has remained very low in Switzerland and uh, at a maximum of 3.5%, whereas we had uh, two-digit uh, inflation rates in, in the Eurozone, in uh, Great Britain and in other parts uh, of the world. Mm -hmm. um, of course, this is uh, not only but also due to the strong exchange rate. And I think... That is uh, the most important argument or the most important reason um, why the Swiss franc still is very strong and uh, we don't expect the, um, the, the euro to appreciate very much um, to the um, Swiss franc. And the one that seems to be missing at the moment, I guess, and correct me if I'm wrong, of course, seems to be Great Britain. So how's the pound doing? Yeah, that's correct. That's uh, one more um, very important uh, uh, currency. Um, the pound actually didn't move uh, that much um, uh, after the uh, Brexit turbulence um, subsided a couple of years ago. Um, after the hard Brexit was off the table, um, the pound made a strong gain um, that was in the first quarter of uh, 2021. And since then, it has been relatively um, smooth and quiet, and uh, the euro-pound exchange rate um, has uh, yeah, mostly fluctuated around the 0.85 uh, level. Um, in the last couple of months, the, the pound um, fell a bit, and the euro appreciated accordingly. Mm -hmm. um, now it is trading closer to uh, 0.90 than to 0.85, where we would uh, have expected uh, the exchange rate and uh, which is our still our official forecast um the pound has or had the the following problem um inflation has not come down yet in contrast to the us and in contrast to the eurozone and uh the the inflation rate is still slightly above 10 percent mm -hmm. um at the same time many observers uh, thought Uh, that the Bank of England will not ra uh, raise uh, key rates further and has already um, reached the end of the interest rate cycle. Mm -hmm. um, with a new 
uh, inflation numbers and the still high inflation numbers um, for March, uh, this view has changed somehow. And uh, if the Bank of England hikes uh, one or two times, uh, one or two more times, um, it should lift uh, the pound exchange rate a bit again. So with a bit of luck, um, we could go back to um, 0.85. And uh, that would mean that our forecast uh, will, uh, will be not too bad. You know? Very good. Well, speaking about forecasts, before I let you go, of course, you're going to have to ask you, Sort of what's left to say? Is there anything pressing you want to mention? Is there a forecast you want to give? Yes, um, I think I already uh, said something about uh, the forecast uh, regarding um, the, the pound and uh, the, the Swiss franc, but uh, mm -hmm. I have to add um, our forecast uh, for euro, US dollar. And um, yeah, Despite um, the, the appreciation we already have seen in uh, Euro-US dollar, uh, we expect the, um, the euro to strengthen a bit more. Um, we expect, uh, expect it at the end of the year at around uh, 1.15. And so it's uh, yeah, not, not, not a bad outlook for the euro um, compared to six months ago um, yeah, where the where the world was uh, yeah, in doom for, for the euro. Fantastic. Yeah, and I love to leave on positive notes. So that's, that's, a, good, that's a good outlook. <laughs> Thank you so much. I thought this was really fascinating. Thank you so much for taking the time today. It's, it's such an inc interesting topic because it touches so much on what's going on in the world and such a mirror of, of our macroeconomic movements. So thank you very much for taking the time today, for sharing your insights. And I really, truly hope that you will be back before too long. You're very welcome. Thank you for your invitation. Thanks. And we thank you as always very much for listening. We hope that you enjoyed this very special episode and that you will be back when we are back next week on Friday with more from Bergers Now. Until then, have a beautiful weekend and a pleasant and successful week. Bye-bye. <laughs>